0: Welcome back to Four to Six with A and B, your high state podcast, brought to you by the Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined by Ari Wasserman. And Ari, I want to kick this off with a question to you. Uh, when you were watching the Penn State Auburn game on Saturday night, great game, really good game, I thought entertaining. What did you think of Ohio State's chances of beating Auburn in the Outback Bowl? <laughs> I uh,
2: I can't wait. It's going to be a pretty good environment. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> But how do we get here, man? I I don't even know how we got here. Uh, the funniest uh, yeah. thing about Ohio State's overall dysfunction as a program right now is that if they were even ninety percent of what we thought they were supposed to be, they would be odds-on favorites to win the national championship because everybody sucks.
0: Everybody and sucks. That's for sure. Yep.
2: Like the the most there's a lot of layers to this, right? You know, mm-hmm. you got the C.J. Stroud discussion. You've got offense looks like they're pulling. Uh, teeth when they're calling plays Um, you know maybe some defensive improvement you can make it make a case for but the underlying theme of this is and and I think we're on the same page here with this is that we believe that now it looks like Ohio State will lose again
0: yes it definitely does it's I was looking at the ESPN FPI the football power index like right before we started recording this and I never put any stock in that at all because I don't even know how it's calculated but Ohio State's win projection for the rest of the year now is like less than 10. They're, they are projecting them for potentially three losses, which is like, again, doesn't mean anything, but it's still pretty jarring to see in September that those underlying metrics are looking at Ohio State like more like a 9-3 and team than a 10-2 and or an 11-1 team. It's like, that's insane to me. Um, yeah, they're not good. I mean, they're it's not to say they can't be good. I don't know. Like you said, everyone's kind of crappy right now even like alabama didn't look great for the first time uh, against florida you know, like oklahoma clemson all look pretty vulnerable but i i can't recall a time where ohio state looked this bad like this vulnerable this capable of losing multiple games since i guess 2011 right
2: yeah you know and it's like even in 18 i kind of Didn't happen till later, so you know at least you enjoyed the first half of the season. This team, and I don't know how to explain it, and I am afraid of using the wrong adjective. So you can check me if it's wrong, but it seems lifeless. They seem they seem disinterested. Uh, There's no passion, excitement, fun. Um, It looks like pulling teeth, and for a team that has as many good players on it. Especially offensively, it's like Ohio State should have scored 60 points yesterday or on Saturday when we were Saturday when they played. And it just like after middling around for three and a half quarters and then scoring on a pick six with Cam Martinez and they like three points away from covering the spread. And that should give you an idea of just how like overmatched Tulsa should have been. You know what I mean? Like Ohio State should have won 63 to 14 like they usually do. And the saddest part about this whole thing is that in a world where uh, you're playing Tulsa, this is supposed to be the opportunity for C.J. Stroud to throw it 35 times. This is supposed to be the opportunity for Kyle McCord to get into the game, Uh, for players to start feeling good about themselves, for guys to come out early, to see what you have on the bench and not have to worry about. And it's just like they almost – not that they almost lost, but they were – only up by seven in the fourth quarter, weren't they? So it's just yeah. like it, it's just there seems to be a problem, and it and I I don't know if I could diagnose exactly what it is, but I think it extends further than Kerry Combs
0: needs to sit in the box. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there it's 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 multi layered for sure, and I mean you can't identify the problem because there's more than one problem. I think the overarching thing that you kind of hit on is they just, like, they have no juice. Like, it's it's kind of, like, to come off a loss to Oregon where you got outclassed and, and many respects, got your ass kicked and then, like, come out just totally flat against Tulsa to me, like, that was a very damning indictment, I thought, on, like, Ryan Day and his staff's ability to get that team, like, pointed in the right direction. You're supposed directions. to be angry. Right, and, like, they didn't, whatever. They won 41 to 20, like, whatever. The margin looks nice, I suppose. Um it never felt like that. In the fourth quarter, one of our editors messaged me in the fourth quarter and said, like, hey, what are you thinking of writing after the game? I said, I don't know because Tulsa just scored and this is a touchdown game somehow in the fourth quarter. So, like, I don't I don't know how Ohio State ever found itself in that position. And there are a lot of things to get into with this. And we spent a lot of time talking about the defense last week, so maybe we'll put that toward the end of the show here because I do think there are things to address with the offense, right? Like, clearly, there's a lot of things going on. That, that offense has the players to kind of – steady the boat a little bit like they should be pulling the defense along right now as the defense is trying to figure some stuff out there's no excuse for that offense to be as flat as it's been coming out in every single game they have this season ohio state's offense has 13 touchdowns on 35 offensive possessions which is like two points per possession or something like that Um, fewer than that actually um they have one first quarter touchdown and it was Mayan Williams touchdown run against Minnesota on the first possession of the season they have not scored in first quarter since they had the ball for the first time against Minnesota that's like unfathomable to me I can't believe they're in that position Landis
2: you were at the game I was not Mm -hmm. I was on the couch trying not to fall asleep Mm -hmm. did Ohio State have a single explosive passing play in that game
0: I guess it depends on how – I think they had a 20-yard reception to Garrett Wilson. I don't I don't know what, like, the technical definition of an explosive play is. Like, it didn't feel like it. The only one they had that felt like one was the ball to Olave late in the game. They got called back on a face mask and then left Chris Olave without a reception for the first time since 2018 when he was a true freshman.
2: How does that even happen? I don't, even, I don't understand how it happens.
0: He dropped one, too. He did. It was like the, was like yeah. the one play, play C.J. Stroud made where he, like, stepped out of two sacks. And yeah, ran and out to the, the side. And th- to Chris yeah. Olave dropped the ball. Yeah. yeah. So, like, nothing is going right for them.
2: Yeah. But, it's like when Chris Olave is dropping the ball, like, he's just – that's just a symptom of just, like, let's get the hell out of here. And, like, I don't know if, if it's, uh, you know it's just symbolic. I'm not saying that Chris Olave doesn't care. I'm just saying like when nothing's going right, even that's not going, that's like the, the most sure thing in the world is that Ohio state will have multiple explosive pass plays mm-hmm. and like that didn't happen. And it's just like, there is a lot of CJ Stroud hate right now, but, and I, you know, I, I think that I can understand why some people will be frustrated, with some of the things that happened in the game, but like the most concerning thing to me is that people look lost. Um, kids are confused it seems and overall there's just a lack of passion excitement and energy coming from this team and it almost felt like we're here because we have to be
0: yeah and I think like the the side of the ball that has to like bring that back clearly right now is the offensive side and and it's not happening and even Ryan Day as the play caller and the game planner I think has has left a lot to be desired thus far this year There's just like there's no flow to it like I don't and part of that is again weird substitution patterns like I don't particularly know why Mayan Williams didn't play, and Master Teague got carries against Tulsa, and I asked Ryan Day why didn't Mayan Williams play, and he said because Master Teague and Travion Henderson, who obviously should play a lot and be the starter, um, practice better. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with this team. Everything they do right now is, like, nonsensical to me. Um, And they do. They just look totally flat and totally lifeless. Um, Let's talk about C.J. I I... Maintain that the criticism of him has been a little heavy-handed. In many cases, in some cases, very heavy-handed. I don't think he has played poorly enough that you should just outright bench him. But I have come around on the idea that they need to play another quarterback to see what they have. They need to be sure. And it should have been this week. And maybe they had a plan to do so, and then the game never got out of hand in a way that allowed them to do it. Hopefully Akron will. Uh, Akron should. But even if it doesn't, for whatever reason, and God help us if it doesn't, um, <laughs> they should come into that game with a plan to play Kyle McCord, in my opinion, early in that game. What do you think?
2: I agree. I I texted you this during the game, and I I see Twitter, dude. You see Twitter. When Ohio State is losing to Alabama or losing to Tulsa, Twitter is the same place. Yeah. People are freaking out. People are saying crazy, nonsensical things. It's kind of funny. The passion is there. That's part of like the charm of being an Ohio state fan. But I, to myself said in my head, if Kyle McCord comes into the game right now, he might never come out. Like I, I like, that's what like, and I think I said that to you mm-hmm. and I didn't know if that sounded nuts to you. Did that sound like another crazy Twitter person or did it sound like rational?
0: No, I don't, I don't think it's irrational. It's kind of funny actually. And, uh, I was talking about this after the game, like walking back from interviews back toward the press box. I was with, uh, our good buddy Doug Lee Maurice and the guys from Cleveland.com. Doug, by the way, will be on the podcast uh, later this week to talk about his book. and we look, We're very much looking forward to it. Listen,
2: that. I need to interrupt you. That's the original Ohio State podcast, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I like to pretend so. I'm not sure if it actually is, but yeah.
2: I don't know if the bucket of bullets is around or whatever, but like I... I think,
0: I think 11 Warriors had their their podcast before that. That
2: is the bad podcast. Yeah, Doug, yeah. Bill, and Ari. Doug had a book... I conned him into coming on to the show to talk about his book, but we're going to get a full episode of Doug Ari and Bill next next week.
0: Yeah, Wednesday. A- and
2: yeah. Wednesday, and I cannot wait. So but anyway, let's hype yeah. that up, hype it up.:
0: So this is this was uh, I mean, to give the, the credit to Doug, like he said this, but it sounds like you agree with him. Um, he wondered out loud if there was some hesitancy on Ryan Day to play Kyle McCor because he is a little worried of exactly that happening. Of putting the backup in, and then the backup plays in a way where you can't not play him anymore. And like, Doug what said kind that of situation. Doug said that, and like uh, what kind of what kind of situation that might create for your quarterback room going forward.
2: I mean, I think you're in the middle of the season right now, and if one is better than the other, then you have to go with the better one. Because, like, as crazy as it is to say, the season's not over, you know. And if things click, I doubt that they will at this point. But if they do. There isn't a window of opening where there isn't a team out there that is tremendously better than everybody else. Maybe Alabama still. But I mean, you're looking at a, a Clemson team that almost lost to Georgia Tech, or Georgia Tech was at least on the goal line with the fourth and goal from the two uh, to tie it late in the game. Uh Oklahoma uh, struggle with Nebraska, and I don't even know what the hell that means. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, if you go around the list here, maybe Georgia's the best team in college football, but it doesn't look like Ohio State. For what it would have been would be out of this discussion. Now, I think that Ohio State is the worst version of all those for some reason, but it it still has a long way to go. So back to to McCord is if you go find somebody who lights up the scoreboard and plays with a certain intensity rhythm uh, can finally I mean, because like, listen, these receivers are open on every play. Nobody's covering them, especially not in Tulsa. And like for Olave to not catch a pass, maybe maybe one of the drops is on him. But like those guys, no matter who you're playing, they're open every play. And if you find somebody can hit them in rhythm, and this offense kind of comes to life as a result of it, you know you got to running back now. I mean, anybody who watched the game saw that Trey Henderson is what we said he was going to be. You know, a month and a half ago, that offensive line clicks. You've got an offense that, in theory, like everything that we said in the preseason, still makes sense. Like I don't understand why Ohio State can't score. Like I don't even like what's the ailment? Did the offensive line not play as well? Did were the receivers lackadaisical? Did the quarterback not hit? I mean, missed a lot of people, but like, is it the quarter? Like, what what's the problem? I don't even know what the problem is.
0: Weird yeah, play mean, I calling. Think, I think I think the offensive line has has been pretty good on the whole for the, for the whole season. Not not perfect by any stretch. Um there have been a couple drops, like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jeremy Ruckert have dropped passes that guys of their caliber should not drop. You know, when you're that good and you've played that long, there's an expectation for you to be nearly flawless, and it's a high bar, but I think it's fair to hold guys to that. Like, you need to help your young quarterback, um, and they have not done the best job of that. And C.J. Stroud is continuing to miss throws, especially early in the game. But, but even the the Tulsa game was like – in the first two games, he was off early and then I thought settled in pretty well. Certainly could have played better in the fourth quarter against Oregon – but I thought you saw him make progress throughout each of those first two games for the most part against Tulsa. He was missing early and I thought like never really found his groove and, and looked the most hesitant that he's looked all year. Part of that I think is how Tulsa plays defense. They were just dropping eight a lot. And I don't think he had a clear view of, of what was in front of him and thus held the ball long. He was, he was getting the things late. Like he missed things cause he was seeing them late. Um, and part of that is, like, you're a young quarterback. You have to learn through that stuff. So, like, I still, I still think you have to give them those opportunities to learn through those things. But on the other side of that coin is, like, I had a conversation with Ryan Day in his office before the, before the season for a story that I've not written yet, but I'll probably write this week now because I think it's apropos, um, about why he recruits the quarterback position the way he does, which is to go get the best possible guy he can get every year and not go every other year like a lot of other programs do. And his answer was, well, what if you're wrong? And I was like, great, that makes total sense. I think it's a good answer. What if you're wrong? Get as many guys as you can because you want as many swings at that to get it right. He had to pick a starting quarterback to start this season. What if he was wrong?
2: And well, that's what I don't back. understand about what Doug said. What is he afraid he's going to do? Like if McCord came into the game and was just truly awesome and now is Ohio State's next quarterback, does he, does he mean like that's going to be bad for Quinn? It's going to be bad for Jack Miller? It's going to be bad for Stroud? Like people are going to defect in the middle of the year? Like what or do you just do what you're supposed yeah, to do and think, make your team the best I don't understand what the consequences would be. The same that really they would have been the, before?
0: I, I think it just it's hard to manage. Um if you think that long term the best guy is CJ and you don't want to ruin that by pulling him earlier than you should, or pulling him when you shouldn't be pulling him oh, p- pulling him at all. Like I kinda get that. There's a lot to balance there. It's not it is about finding the best guy right now and win the games now because you're expected to win a national title every year. But I understand having like some kind of eye on the long game here. But I also don't know how much you should really consider that when like you just brought in the guy who's like the best quarterback recruit ever and there seems like some kind of air and inevitability that he's going to be the starting quarterback eventually anyway. So like right now I would just be looking for the guy for whoever's best in the moment. But it's not, my and point, it's not my point is not CJ Stroud. It very, well, very well yeah. could be, but you, I think you should play more guys and see if you can't find that out.
2: My point is that you play Kyle McCord with the hopes of him never coming off the field, <laughs> like finding that. You know what I mean? I don't know if you want to do because like, listen, this team is in shambles right now, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. The last thing on earth it needs is another as a quarterback controversy. You know, on top of all this, where you're, you're mm-hmm. flipping quarterbacks. You know, like to me, if the defense is struggling and you don't know what Kerry Combs is doing, the final score should have been 63 to 31. You know what I mean? Like something that where, where it was never in question, it was still an entertaining game. Ohio State's offense is doing what it's supposed to do and the defense is in trouble and they are working through it because, you know, through games where it's, no matter how bad they are, they'll never be outscored by what Ohio State's offense is doing. So like, I understand the frustration, but like also we're not talking about, the backup who's just the backup, we're talking about the highest-rated quarterback prospect Ohio State ever signed until Ewers uh, joined him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we're talking about a guy who came into the spring game and actually looked like he was ready to me. And it's like you look around, and it's just like Jackson Dart comes into the USC game as a true freshman in the middle of the game and then, like, throws for, like, 375 yards and five touchdowns or something like that. Who and it's they play? like they Washington State. I get yeah. they suck. But Ohio State was no, playing it's a P5 side. team, yeah. Yeah, it's a Power 5 team, and it's just like, I just think that this idea of he's a freshman is just dumb. Like, these guys are ready to play.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think the game has changed. The, the position, the, the position's not necessarily easier. I think these guys are better prepared to play at a younger age. Like, when we said that coming into the year, I think it's all we thought the offense was going to be good no matter who the quarterback was because freshmen come in that way. So that's not really an What's
2: excuse. your diagnosis, though? Because here's the other thing. When Ohio State's running offense, like, and I actually didn't bet the over. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like Ohio State was trying to run the clock out the whole game. They were playing slow, and I get well, that they were you, running. Would
0: you want to put that defense on the field? I mean,
2: is that what they were doing?
0: It would not surprise me one bit if that was in Ryan Day's head. And I'm not saying it should have been. It probably shouldn't be. Um, but, yeah, when your defense is as bad as If Ohio
2: State is... Running clock against Tulsa in a home game because they're afraid of their defense—that is a—that would be like
0: my head's exploding right now. Yeah, I'm not saying that was what happened, but you know, it's the first thing I thought. Somebody of.
2: joked about it, and and everyone was like, "There's uh, somebody joked about this on Twitter, and I thought it was hilarious." Somebody said, "Can you explain to me why Ohio State is the great value brand of 2013 Michigan State, and the great <laughs> value brand is the Walmart generic brand?" Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. Like, Ohio State is playing, like, a very talented second-tier
0: team. They are not – yeah, there's nothing aggressive about this team. For as much as Ryan Day talks about being aggressive and being bold, and he said that a whole lot, I think, like, he wants that to kind of be, like, the ethos of his team. Um, They don't look that in any way, shape, or form on either side of the ball. Now, they were more aggressive on defense, which we'll talk about later, but um, – yeah, like offensively, you have all these weapons, and you don't seem to be trying to apply pressure on these teams that you're playing. Even the teams that you are like tremendously out- outmatching personnel wise, like Tulsa and even Minnesota, I'd put in that category too. So, yeah. But I, don't I know. thought it's for weird. sure
2: Ohio State was going to cover their spread.
0: Yeah, and the spread was at like, 26, right? So they won by, it yeah.
2: Won fell 20 to 11. below 24 before the game started. So, like, I
0: thought, oh, like, for it? sure it would be like
2: 59 to. To thirty at the very least, like Ohio State not scoring never even
0: entered my brain. Yeah, I mean, and the only reason it was a three touchdown margin is because Cam Martinez returned an interception for a touchdown at the end of the game. Right, like, yeah, the offense they never found a groove. They've not found a groove all year. They've they, they haven't. They've they were pretty good in the second. They were good in, the, in basically all the second half against Minnesota. They were good in like the third quarter and maybe a little part of the fourth quarter against Oregon. And then on Saturday against Tulsa, like, even at a time when the defense, like, give them credit, I suppose, I think they strung together, like, six consecutive stops, um, which is, you know, it's Tulsa, but, you know, progress. Um, the offense couldn't do anything with that. Like, they're not, I know complimentary footballs coach speak, but I don't know another way to say it. Like, there's not, this team is not picking each other up. Like, when a defense does something good, the offense can't get out of its own way. When the offense is, like, Trying to actually drag along the defense, the defense can't get a stop. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in sync here, um, and it's a little troubling.
2: If you had to, to diagnose this. Ohio State's offensive issue, though, what would it be?
0: Mm, I don't know. I think I think for them, it's just like I don't know, lack of execution more than anything. Like it's not like the scheme is bad. Um, clearly, they have good players. I, th- I think Ryan Day is maybe a little in between on how to call it when he has a young quarterback and like what to put on his plate and what not to put on his plate. Um, He talks a lot about all the the veteran guys having to pick up the young quarterback, but at the end of the day, the young quarterback still has to make some plays. Um, And CJ Stroud has, has made some really good throws, but I don't know that I'd say he's made a ton of plays. Um, And the few times he has, like there've been drops or there've been penalties or something to, to negate it. So um, I think theirs is just more like lack of focus, lack of execution than it is like underlying issues with, with anything deeper than that. Well, so that, that makes it different than the defense. Um, but they're in a rut for sure. They're definitely in a rut on on the offensive side.
2: I thought that the offense was worse than the defense in the game, but I also feel like the offensive problems are curable in a week.
0: Yeah, especially when you're playing Akron. Like, I, I just don't know – I think they're going to break out of it offensively. And and they do have to do some – they have to figure out quarterback and, like, just be 100% certain that they have the right guy. And maybe they do. But I think you need to know. And there's a window here with Akron. I mean, we started last week. It started this week with Tulsa, but they didn't take advantage of it. Akron, Rutgers, Maryland to, I still think, figure that out because I don't think any of those teams – I'm not going to sit here them. and
2: stand for the slander of
0: Rutgers right now. They are unbeaten, right?
2: Yeah, unbeaten in a very, very uh, emphatic way. They are, yeah. they
0: are, they are mashing fools. They beat Temple and Syracuse and Delaware, right? Yep. they're owning the Mid Atlantic. They they drop in the Good hammer for them. Good for them. That's going to pay dividends for Greg Schiano and his recruiting. That's and that's like not a joke. I think the, those are wins that no one cares about, but probably important wins for Rutgers as a program, especially Temple. Got to own Philly. If you don't own Philly, what are you doing?
2: Yeah, uh, is James Franklin going to USC now? Uh, I'm just kidding, we're not going there. I don't know,
0: no, no, but it is It is. It is funny Not funny, but it's interesting Like, Penn State looks pretty good And Michigan State just went down and beat Miami Who I don't think is particularly good But still, Michigan State went down and beat Miami on the road And they're undefeated, right? Michigan State hasn't lost yet uh, and Michigan. Kenneth Walker's a stud. They're running back. Kenneth better. Walker yep. looks really good. He's I think he leads the country in rushing. Um, transfer from Wake Forest, right? And Michigan. And Michigan Michigan has not played a good team yet, but has looked good in its first three games.
2: Did what they had to do against Washington. I mean, I, I don't know. Won the but, ball game. Yeah. yeah. They won. Not just won. Yeah. I kicked their ass. Yeah. Michigan is hitting hard, running fast, they look athletic and they're playing with fun and confidence. They look, they look like look a confident. T- they, look, they look confident. Now I I listen, it's September 19th and we're recording this. I'm not going to sit here and act like Michigan's the favorite, but I do think that the culmin the the cumulative result of everybody in the Big 10 East being good is that Ohio State is more susceptible to getting trapped and losing another game. So, they need to like, get their shit together for sure. Yeah, it's like you can't go into yeah. that into that division playing like he played against Tulsa and expecting that your talent is going to carry you through. And it's like right now, like watching Penn State beat the crap out of Auburn on TV. And honestly, the refs jobbed Penn State like nine times in that game. And Penn State probably should have won by like 20. Uh, But I'm happy that they got the win because they deserved it. I don't know that I would sit here right now and say September 19th, that when Ohio State plays Penn State in what is it, late October, that I'm going to pick Halloween that I'm going to pick Penn State to beat Ohio State in, in Ohio Stadium. like, But, like, right now, the way Ohio State's playing, if they were to play tomorrow, I'd pick Penn State.
0: Yeah, there have definitely been times in the past where Ohio State has had issues, and we've dissected those issues, but they could still kind of, like, sleepwalk their way through the Big Ten because the Big Ten just wasn't that good. I don't know how good the Big Ten is right now either. It's still, you know, we're in week three. We're just past week three. But at the moment – does not look like Ohio State would be able to sleepwalk its way through the Big Ten East.
2: It's hard enough to go undefeated when you're really, really good. Yeah. So, and now they're not undefeated anymore, but, you know, it's like crazy too because Rutgers and Maryland used to be 65 to nothing games and maybe they might be 38 to 17 games. But there's a, there's a mental toll that comes with that too. Because Rutgers and Maryland, I think, still stink in comparison to what Ohio State is, but it's not necessarily the Florida, you know, FAU game in the middle of the year that it used to be. So, like, you know, and Rutgers is better than Tulsa. So.
0: I think they're probably, I don't know, I, I wanted to go, I wanted to see Maryland, like, blow the doors off of Illinois on Friday night, and they did not. Um and they're a bad team on the road. The last thing they played in the Ohio Stadium, they got absolutely destroyed. Um, but they have guy, like they have playmakers on offense and a good. Quarterback, I'm just saying you can't. On the week.
2: Ohio State can show up to Rutgers without watching film all week and beat beat them by fifty. And it's like now these teams are marginally improved from the the, the pathetic versions of themselves that they were four or five years ago. When you would go and the spreads would be forty four, and like now the spread might be twenty six. And it's like, that's different. It's just a different, I'm not saying they're not going to beat them. I'm just saying the challenge is marginally more difficult, which means that they don't have the ease to get through some of the weeks in the regular season that they used to. Yeah, no,
0: I, I agree. I agree totally.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
0: What do you think is going to happen at quarterback?
2: Here's the hardest thing about the Akron game. It's like, let's just say C.J. Stroud comes out and throws three touchdowns in the first half and Ohio State's beating Akron 31-10 to 10, 10 or 31-7 to 7 at halftime. And then they bring McCord in, and McCord comes in and throws three touchdowns. Looks like he's on the rhythm, on the mark, playing confidently, hitting guys in stride or whatever. Just like, I don't know if doing anything against Akron is a big enough confidence boost to be like, okay, you're the starter now. Or, Mm -hmm. okay, you're... Like, I want to see Kyle McCord... I wanted to see Kyle McCord play against Tulsa because it was a time where Ohio State was in a comfortable advantage, but also it was still a critical time. So, like, if he made a... Terrible, terrible error. Ohio State would have been able to survive that, yep. but also at the same time, the game wasn't over. You're know, like, I, w- I want to see him play meaningful snaps so that we have a have a reference point of how good one is in comparison to the other in terms of what they look like in eye test. And I get picking out a quarterback is difficult. How does the team gravitate to them? How confident are they? What? How are they practicing? What's their temperament in the huddle? All that stuff, or whatever version of the huddle there is at Ohio State now, mm-hmm. like it is. I'm trying not to simplify how difficult it is to play and pick the quarterback position. Also, you have to take into account what it means for the room, the way that Doug and you have said. But I just don't know, like, what the opportunity is in Akron other than mop up time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't. I Unless don't he's playing in is. the first half, and it'd be nice no, to I see think, him play in the first
0: half. I think that he should play in the first half. I think that there should be a plan going into the game that Kyle McCord takes. Snaps with the first team offense in the first half. And maybe the game's out of the hand by that point. Maybe it isn't. Akron sucks.
2: But you also but, could have made that plan before anything went wrong, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: and I, but I understand being reticent to do that when you're open on the road against Minnesota and then you play Oregon in week two. Like I get it. Um, Tulsa should have been the first game where you had that opportunity. They didn't take it. I think you saw that opportunity against Akron, against Rutgers, against Maryland, and then you have a bye week, and then you play Indiana and Penn State. And maybe in that bio week you, like, you make the hard decision. like the, Whoever is our quarterback moving forward based off this information we've been able to accumulate over the first six games of the season. But I think not giving yourself that opportunity to accumulate that data is doing a disservice to this team, to this offense, and to the quarterbacks probably too. Also, C.J. Stroud is hurt. Like, <laughs> Yo, well, I was
2: going like, to ask you that. Everybody keeps saying, oh, my God, what a tough kid. If he's that hurt and it's impacting his game that much, he shouldn't be playing.
0: I asked Ryan Day that after the game. I said I said CJ's pretty clearly hurt. He grabs his arm every time he misses a throw. He said in the press conference that he's not hundred percent healthy and that his arm is sore sometimes. Is it his best interest and the offense's best interest to play him if he's hurt in that way that's impacting his way to throw? And then Ryan Day like didn't answer the question. He said, like, oh he's practiced well, he's a tough kid, like whatever. Um, he's missing throws. And if he's missing throws if he's missing throws because he's a young kid working through some stuff, that's one thing. If he's missing throws because he is hurt and it, he has soreness when he tries to throw the ball because something is wrong with his right shoulder, that's a totally different thing. And why you would play an injured quarterback when you have viable options behind him like baffles me tremendously. I don't get it. Um and I don't know like I don't I'm I don't know how it. much
2: I buy the injury thing. I'm not saying he's not banged up or isn't sore, but I don't. I mean, think he didn't
0: the, practice. He didn't practice when we were there. That and that, what like Ryan Day can call it load management if he wants to. Something precipitated it. It wasn't just load management for the sake of load management. It was load management because he is injured. I
2: don't know. I'm not saying that he's not injured. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he doesn't have an. I'm not saying. I'm saying that I don't know that I buy the injury is the reason for what we're
0: saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I don't know. I think football players milk things sometimes, right? Or, or like Justin, uh, Justin Fields, every time he got hit, like got up and he winced. Um, I think he, I think he laid it on thick sometimes. Not to say that he wasn't hurt, and he played through shit. Like, like we all know that he played hurt a lot.
2: Braxton um, Miller got taken out of a stadium on a stretcher when he got the wind knocked out of him. Like I, yeah, like, I, like yeah. It
0: ha- no, it definitely happens, and it's like I mean we've all done it before, right? It's like you you know, just start working your shoulder out a little bit when you you know misfire miss when you're playing pickup basketball or something like that. Like I get it, but. He also might legitimately be hurt. And I don't know. Maybe Ryan Day wouldn't play him if he was. But C.J. Stroud has talked about it after every game, and we've asked him about it specifically. But he's not said, like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm fine, whatever. He said, like, I am hurt. I am not 100%. Yeah. So, I don't know. If he says it, I guess I'll believe him. Yeah. And then if that's impacting his ability to throw the ball. Well,
2: also, I see a lot of people, too, like, freaking out about how he's, like, not running. Like, do you think that's a big deal?
0: Uh, not the designed run stuff because they just don't. Ryan Day just does not do a lot of it. If you if you have an issue with C.J. Stroud and designed runs, your issue is with Ryan Day, not with C.J. Stroud. Um, even with I think Justin Fields averaged like three designed runs per game. Everybody's like uh, freaking out
2: about it, and I was like, I don't think it's that big of a deal at all.
0: I think C.J. Stroud Were there to be moments a more in the willing-
2: game where he could have taken off and didn't, and would have picked up twenty yards when he didn't.
0: Uh, I have to, I'll, I'll have a better answer for you that on Tulsa after I watch the game, I suppose, but against Oregon, there were, um, there were, I wrote a, like a film study on him last week and there are definite times where he is rolling out <clears throat> and he has wide open space to like plant his foot and start running if he wants to. And he just holds the ball behind the line of scrimmage and then like flicks one wildly toward the sideline cause he's waited too long and there was nobody really open in the first place. I think he needs to be more decisive on scrambles on when to run and when to throw it away and when to pull the trigger on a throw. Um but in terms of designed runs, no, I don't I don't think his his lack of designed runs is really impacting the offense all that much. And if it is, I maybe he doesn't like to run, but I think that's more of a Ryan Day thing than it is a season. Also
2: track. if his shoulder's in a lot of pain, I don't I wouldn't want him to run.
0: He had a really nice run at the end against Oregon where he like scrambled and got a first down, lowered a shoulder at the end and got called back on that like phantom holding penalty on Thayer Munford. So like I think he's willing to do it. Or as willing as most quarterbacks, I guess, but it's also not his game. He's a pocket passer, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super free. Like on the list of things that I'm concerned about with the offense and the team in general, like C.J. Stroud's running ability or, or willingness to do so is pretty low on that list. Yeah.
2: So you want to go into the defense now? Oh wait, yeah, wait. I think we do need to spend at least a minute giving Trey some respect. Trey, yeah. 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 I mean, for sure. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to say
0: I told you so? I mean no, because it was like painfully obvious. So this, this is like Trivion Henderson's going to be good. Give him the ball. It's not like uh, some awesome foresight by by anybody. Um, but it was I think nice that we see. were really
2: smart. Yeah, I mean because are, the easy way
0: smart. the <laughs> easy
2: way to do it was veterans are starting. He's got to earn his keep. Like we put him on the field and made him a Heisman winner before. Like
0: yeah, we didn't like just he say he's going
2: to be really team. good and a contributor. Like we said, the guy's going to be a star. So you do get a little bit of credit for that.
0: Yeah. Also, so good. He's a star. Yeah, <laughs> he started. He had twenty four carries. It's like the Mayan Williams stuff is weird, but I also don't think it matters that much because we know what the deal is now. Like this is the Trevion Henderson show, <clears throat> and he had a a terrifying moment when I thought his knee got destroyed. Re-watched oh, by the, the way, I have
2: no idea how that guy still. When he got up, I thought he was done for the year.
0: Did he you said, see the replay? Yes. So he said uh, the nose tackle from Tulsa landed on the side of it. He was like getting held up by his leg. Like somebody had his ankle and he was like stuck in place. And then somebody else came over and hit him and like landed right on the side of his left knee. And he like popped up and he stood up. So like when he stood up, I was like, okay, well, it's not the worst possible outcome. But when it happened, I was like, cool. This like might be a season ender, and I think he thought the same thing. You can like kind of see it on his face that he was like surprised that it wasn't. And what he said was like he could feel it. He could feel the pressure, and he pulled his leg out from underneath that guy as quickly as he could. And he said if he would have left his leg in there for like another half a second, he thinks his knee would have snapped.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, on the replay, it looked like his leg bent in the opposite direction. Yeah, and then right after after the the replay or after the play was over he laid on his back and put his hands on his face mask so yeah. i was like okay well <laughs> if there's anything that could go wrong like that will be the worst possible thing right now but i'm, I'm really happy not just because uh it's uh, an ohio state player or whatever but just like you don't want anybody to have that sort of Absolutely thing happen not. to them so yeah. like it's uh it's really cool that he was able to do that and then he came back in and but he broke the freshman record, rushing record
0: yeah, I think he missed, like, a series, and then he came back, and I believe on his first touch he ran for, like, 54 yards and then, like, dragged a defender by the face mask at the end of it and got called for a penalty, yeah. but it was still kind of a badass run. Um, yeah, he's really good. He, ha- I mean, he has everything you need. Ryan Day was talking about, like, oh, we want to make sure he gets those three and four and five and six yards when they're available. Like, I don't give a shit. Hit a home run every damn, damn time he touched the ball. Like, he's good. He, he can do it all. Um, he's going to be really, really fun to watch. He's got great you. vision, which I he's think is great- a- He's yeah, a great he's vision, faster decisive. than JK Dobbins.
2: Yep. I don't think he's quite as shifty as JK. But he has uh speed, runs hard and has great vision and knows exactly where to run. And if there's a crease, he's going to find it and he's going to run through and it's like an explosive uh running back who's going to find the second level more often than not if there's a if there's a hole there. So, yeah. Like I I think that there have been Ohio State running backs in the past that get five yards on a perfectly blocked play, and then there's other running backs that would have taken the same exact block and and turned it into a 17-yard game, I think Trey is a 17-yard gainer.
0: Yeah, his acceleration is special, and his ability to get back up to full speed after he makes a cut is as good as I've seen. Um, Like, they call him Baby Saquon for a reason. I think they're not built the same, but I think they're kind of similar in some of the things they're able to do. So it's only the beginning for him. I I, I mean, I suspect, I hope, that he's going to get 20 touches a game now moving forward because he deserves it. Um, 277 rushing yards uh, broke Archie Griffin's freshman rushing record. Uh, three touchdowns, which were three of the four touchdowns that Ohio State scored on
1: Saturday against Tulsa. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Direct TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package higher availability of rsn's varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All
0: right. Let's talk about the defense. Um, Kerry Coma's moved up to the press box. Matt Barnes called the game from the sideline. Um. I guess it wasn't surprising, right, to see Kerry Combs strip the play calling duties because we, I mean Ryan Day laid it on pretty thick without saying it directly that that's what was going to happen. But it's still like an in season demotion <laughs> for for their defensive coordinator, which is not all that common. Like I don't think anywhere, and certainly not. It doesn't have to be here. by
2: title. The more important demotion is by duty, not by
0: title. Duty, duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. kept the he kept the title. Like oh, he will still get that one point five mil for being defensive coordinator, but. um, He's not calling the plays anymore. So, like, Ryan Day made what what I would consider a pretty drastic change. Now, he had to. I don't think he had any other choice but to make that change. Um, What did you think of the results? I thought they were fine.
2: It's It's like six consecutive stops against anybody is hard. Yeah. Okay, so they deserve credit for that. I think their cornerbacks are lively. Like, the defensive backs, I thought, looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was an insane lack of pressure.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I, I don't I don't, and I don't, know why. I don't know why that's happening because that is just brute force. Like, that's not even schematic. That's just like, are you better than the person in front of you or not? Um, And the linebackers, I, I don't even remember. Like, it's just like uh, that game was so boring, I can't even remember what was going on there. And I don't know how – it's like – and that's not because I wasn't paying attention. It's because, like, it was just like – so bland. Anytime they made a good play, it was because they were playing Tulsa. And anytime they made a bad play, they were playing Tulsa. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, how can this happen? And it's like, I don't really... Like, there were some schematic changes, I think, at times. There um, were. Yeah. That, that put them in a good position. And then they reverted back to their old ways and gave a big play. So it's like, I don't understand kind of yeah, the, they, the viewpoint on some stuff. And why don't you just break out your X's and O's and explain it to them?
0: Because you're better so than them. Yeah, they played... They aligned more with two high safeties before the snap, which I figured would happen. Um, they mixed their coverages more. Uh, when when Ronnie Hickman got his interception, they were playing cover two man. They played uh, cover two zone at, at points. I think they played like cover three buzz, which is like a just like a little tweak on how they normally play cover three. I think that might have been on Cam Martinez's pick six. They played that. Um, so they changed up their coverages. They mixed it up. They blitzed a lot more. Like, they blitzed on two of the first three plays and then kind of kept that pretty consistent throughout the game because they're trying to manufacture pressure because their front can't get any, which is like a whole other issue on its own that we'll talk about in a second. Um, but I did think that there was they, – they showed way more in the, in the way of new looks than I thought they were going to show one week after making some of these changes. Um, I think they're good changes. I think they need time to work on them. I still think the ceiling on this defense is pretty low, um, but it can get better. And I know, like, Tulsa's quarterback threw for, like, 423 yards. Like, almost 70 of that was when they were – Ohio State was, like, in full prevent mode at the end of the game. So, I think give them a little bit more credit there. They stopped the run. Again, Tulsa's not very good. Um, The linebacker play is still leaving a lot to be desired against both the run and the pass. I think their corners are dudes. Like, I think Denzel Burke and Cameron Brown are awesome. And and Denzel Burke is going to be very good by the time like like I mean like for, for like maybe first round good by the time he's done here. Um, Cam Martinez flashed, which is exciting to see. I still think they need to figure out who the personnel is right, like which means like is Bryson Shaw really the guy of free safety? I'm not I'm not sure. I'd like to maybe see Lathan Ransom move back there. Ryan Watts was at safety during warmups, we didn't play, so they're they're changing a lot. I think they're the correct changes, but the ultimate. Outcome of that is I, I don't think it's like anything earth-shattering, but they can be better than they've, than they've been um, thus far. But you mentioned it. Like what happened to them on two of those touchdowns is they, they, they mixed their coverages all game. I thought they did it in a good way. They showed some different looks on third down. Not all of it was super successful. But then when they got a little bit of a cushion, I think it was 20-6, to six, um, they just started playing cover one again. And Tulsa got them twice on pick plays. Like – they put them in a bunch, got them in a pick play, got two wide open receivers and scored two touchdowns. So it's like you implement these changes. I think you gotta stick with them. You can't just like get you, Ohio State is not playing good enough football right now to like ever be comfortable with anything. I think you need to continue coaching as if it is a close game, because at the time it was a close game. Um and they just got away from it. So um we'll see. I don't know. I thought some of the changes were good, but man, the the pass rush, the just the still lack of like how little you feel Ohio State's defensive line. I did not see that coming at all.
2: Why is that happening?
0: <clears throat> that I don't know. Stop, you don't just stop being good at rushing. I will say, like, I know, it's hard to pay attention to every little thing throughout the course of the game. but There are a few two drives where it's like, all right, I'm going to watch the defensive line and like, try to figure out what's happening here. The get off seems really slow. Like, they're not firing off the ball. At least the ends aren't like the ball is snapped. The offensive line is like a full step into their set, and then the defensive line's getting off the ball. Because I don't even know. I think there are times when guys like eventually do win their one on ones. It's just that they got there so late that it doesn't matter. Um, there's like there's no and like Chase Young, his get off was unbelievable. They're like he was across the line like before the the ball was a centimeter off the center's fingertips, and Chase Young was a yard into the backfield already. Like I'm not saying guys have to be that but there's no like sense of timing here with this defensive front. That's, and that's that's, way, that's speed
2: and athleticism though. That's I mean wh- the only yeah, thing yeah. that it takes to be fast off the ball is being fast. <laughs> you know what I mean well, it's inst- having it's
0: instinct too. There's yeah. part of it that's that's instinct as well. Um but yeah no it, I mean it comes back to yeah do you have do you have the physical freaks up there? And they, I mean they don't.
2: Clearly. It's like Harrison didn't play. So I mean like that did not. that has to be a part of it I guess. But I'm also just kind of baffled by their use or lack of use of Jack Sawyer.
0: Yeah, I, I want to – he did not play very much. Um, let me pull that up. I'm gonna see how many snaps. And like you would
2: think that like if you're in need of a pass rush, you would go get let – him let him cook too a little bit, you know?
0: He played 17 snaps against Tulsa, which is the most he's played all year. It's more than he played in the first two games combined. So he played more with Zach Harrison out. But, and, and I did, like, he got called. He got, hel- he got held a, a few times, and, like, one or two of them got called. So he was clearly winning at times, although Tulsa had some backup offensive linemen in, too. Um, but he's a guy, like, when I rewatched the game, um, I'm probably not. Last week, I like didn't really watch the defense because they were so bad, and I feel like I had a good grip on why they were bad. When I rewatch it this time, I'm going to only watch the defense um, to see what was new. But I want to pay special attention to Jack to see, like, what's happening when he's out there, to see if he is, in fact, winning at all. And if he is, then why isn't he playing more? So, yeah, I but I would – like Tyreek Smith and Javante Jean-Baptiste and even Zach Harrison, who didn't play against Tulsa but played in the first two games and I thought was rather ineffective, like to me aren't getting it done in a way that they deserve this outsized portion of the snaps. So I would – like JT Tui Maloau played 45 snaps against Tulsa. Like that to me feels more like a, like of a, the right number for him right now based on how everyone's playing. And, you know, just based off what I think of Jack as a player, not necessarily how he's played thus far, I'd like to see him get more than – no, 17. I think he should be a, a 20 to 30 snap guy, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I just, when I look at that, I don't know how to react to it. It's just like, is that a fix? It's like, so, it's the basic fundamental thing of the football, which is speed, athleticism, power, and just brute force. And it's like, either it works or it doesn't. You know what I mean? It's just like, so can, can it get better? How? I mean, you just automatic like, you're either good or you're not at that position, right? right? Like, so like, I just don't know how to, like, analyze that.
0: It's, it's very odd, especially for, like, a Larry Johnson coach group. They've just been so good for so long that you take it for granted. But they're, they're just not – this is the worst defensive line they had. And like, I don't know – maybe there are other people who watch it who don't watch Ohio State every week who look at Ohio State's defensive line and think, oh, that's a pretty good defensive line, but it's not a great defensive line. But you and I watch it and think, like, this is the worst defensive line we've seen at Ohio State since we've been covering the team. Because they're just yes. they're just not effective. They don't they don't they don't have any presence about them. No you know, guys flash, but
2: like weird about the whole team. And like I know this might sound this is probably gonna sound crazy now that i I'm, I'm gonna say it, but I'm still gonna
0: say it. Say it. Say it anyway.
2: The star power and the lack thereof of it on this team across the board on both sides is insane to me. And it's like I know you've got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and you have Trey Henderson, but other than that, it's just like everybody's just blocked. Yeah. And it's just like, usually when you're watching an Ohio State team, people are flying all over the field doing crazy stuff. It's like, I thought there'd be more star power with Jackson Smith than Jigba. You know, I thought maybe their offensive line would be flashing more.
0: I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a monster game last week. No, no, I know, I know, I know. And they played, they played, they played it, a lot of 12 personnel against Tulsa, which took him off the field.
2: I just don't, do you get what I'm saying, though?
0: Yeah, 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 I would just couple with Jackson Smith and Jigba.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Um, but
0: I do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's not. There's I'm not, not saying,
2: and, and, and don't get me wrong. Star power is not to be mistaken as production.
0: No, it's like a presence, right? It's yes. Like a, yeah.
2: Yes. And it's like Jackson Smith, the Jigba had a pretty good game a few weeks ago. I'm not saying that he sucks. I'm just saying like, it's just, I thought that every time you like, listen, dude, Jamison Williams is down in Alabama scoring 10 touchdowns a week. And it's like, that guy got ran off Ohio State's roster because he wasn't going to play. And now you're talking about a team that can't score against Tulsa. So it's like, what's going on here? You know, like, it's yeah. just... Jamison Williams is really, really good. So, like, and I'm not saying that it's... Don't take this as he shouldn't have left or whatever. I understand why he left because Ohio State is so freaking good too. And it's just like, what's going on? You know?
0: Yeah, it is it's it's hard to put your finger on. Like I don't I, I mean I I wish I was able to more astutely analyze it, but Yeah, no,
2: it's who it's can not, astutely analyze it when you have not,
0: yeah, it's not when, just one thing.
2: When you have the players that are physically able to do the things that other people aren't able to do, and you have a coaching staff that for the most
0: part has been really,
2: really good, why are people playing like they don't give a shit?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just – like, it feels like there are – like, it feels like there are, like, like reins like, on this team right now that I, I – I, and I don't know what the answer is, like, to just kind of, like, let them go, let them fly around, be ultra-aggressive in everything you do. And I don't know if that solves anything, but at least at that point you will be letting what is still a very talented team. Like, I understand there are deficiencies relative to how they've been at some positions – but there is still a lot of talent on this team. It doesn't feel like it's being maximized. It doesn't feel like the, the players are particularly engaged with like what the plan is, um, and they're like kind of boring. Like they're, I mean, they were they, they were less boring on defense this week, which was an encouraging sign, and I hope that remains the case. Um, but the offense like remains just like very very stale and very kind of just like going through the motions. And I don't know, like when you have this kind of talent at your disposal, why do you operate that way? I, don't, I just don't get it.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, man. I don't know,
0: so I don't know. It's they're in a weird spot. I think, um, I think I texted you this after the game. Like this, this might end up being the worst team that I've covered in, in my time here, and like that's relative. They're still pretty good, um, but I don't know if, they're, if they've <laughs> ever been more interesting. <laughs> they they are absolutely
2: very- interesting. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> interesting. And like the look too is like Ohio State is the odds-on favorite to win the national championship in twenty twenty
0: two yeah so quarterback like, TBD yeah
2: yeah, yeah, so I mean, I don't know, I, to me, also too is let these kids play, you know, just let them play. Let the young I guys play
0: wonder, yeah, well, the problem is like I, I'm very much in favor of like let the young guys play too, but that also on some level feels sort of like conceding something, and it's like they're two and one, like everything is for the most part still in front of them, even if it's hard for you to It'd see only be that seeding something well.
2: if you were playing against a team that could beat you.
0: Yeah, no, I guess that's true. I mean, they are letting, like – I don't know. Tylee Williams played a whole lot. <laughs> Tylee Williams played 22 snaps yeah. against Tulsa. It's like, I don't know. I like him. I well, wasn't necessarily expecting him to play an important role in Ohio State's offensive line this year, but here we are. But it's like Tylee Williams, Denzel Burke, and JTT, and maybe Jack Sawyer, and certainly Trevion Henderson, and a couple of the young guys on the offensive line. Like, there's a lot of young talent here to like. Um, It's just not – there's not – there's not the balance, I think, maybe that I expected of exciting young talent that can elevate a team's ceiling with more veteran guys who maybe have lower ceilings but, like, are a steadying kind of presence. And and, and I think if you can get both of those things, you have a pretty good mix. And it feels like maybe right now high State's only getting one of those things. Yeah. It's the young guys. It's the young guys maybe being a little more productive than, than we thought they'd be. Yeah. In some cases. Yep. I'm with you on all that stuff. So – Anyway, Ohio State plays Akron next Saturday, seven thirty. Catch Woo! catch the catch the fever. Um, I I don't know like I they're just not a they're just not a fun team to watch right now. They're hard, they're a hard team to watch. It. they're a hard team to analyze. They're a hard team to watch. I still think the pieces are there for them then to take steps forward. But I Tulsa was not that, and it should. Do you been, think this so.
2: team could make the playoff?
0: Yeah, could yeah. I think they probably will make the playoff. You do. I, yeah, well I <laughs> I'm not with you there, but I don't Maybe they're losing. I'm I they I said it last week, they are definitely more capable of losing twice than I ever thought they would be. Um which game I'd pick for them to lose right now, like I don't have an answer for you because I don't have an answer for you. I'll just say they're gonna win out and go to the playoff f- for now. Um but certainly could, yeah, they definitely could go to the playoff. Do you I think guess- not?
2: I mean, I think they could go to the playoff based on what the resume could be. I'm not saying they're disqualified from it. I don't think they're going this year.
0: Yeah. It it looks it looks more like a 10 in 2 possibly still win the Big 10. Um and then go to like a New Year's Six or or a step down kind of bowl game. Um which would be a weird weird thing for thing for Ohio State to go through. Um we're not there yet. They got some weeks to get some stuff figured out here, but um, you know, come like mid mid October, things ratchet up quite a bit. And if they're not playing any better than they're playing right now, it could be a long second half to this season for sure.
2: Yeah, I just you know I think too if Ohio State beats uh, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State, then you start to view this team through a different lens. So like we're still viewing this team through this lens. And I think it's good that Ohio State's actually going to get some good teams this year, or what seem to be good teams. Hopefully or like, like, yeah. You know, like beating Penn State this year, a team that beat Auburn, you know, I don't know how good Auburn's going to be in a few weeks, maybe not very good. But, you know, it seems like at least Michigan State beating Miami, like there's some resume tent poles there. But me saying that I don't think they're going to the playoff isn't a, me thinking that they don't have the path to it. My My – thing is that i don't think they're good enough to
0: yeah right i guess maybe that, that's a good yeah. distinction like i yeah i just look at the schedule like that, that clearly there's a path there they're not playing well enough right now not like not by any stretch on either side of the wall and, and then
2: i'm not even saying to impress the committee i just mean like they might lose
0: yeah right 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 yeah i think yeah no i think that's good i think it's i think i think based on how they play have are playing based on how they are playing right now and knowing that the schedule is not exactly a cakewalk moving forward, it is probably irresponsible of me to say that they are going to make the playoff because that's like putting lipstick on a pig, and I don't want to do that. I, I think that does you guys a disservice when we do when we say stuff like that. So, yeah, no, they look like a team that.
2: But is, also, like is, I wouldn't be like rolling out of my bed in shock with a Charlie horse if they
0: did. No, you know, no, like, no of yeah, not. like yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah,
2: they, yeah. there's no team that I think like right now if we sit here. On Sunday, September 19th, which team do you think is going to beat Ohio State right now? Like, I'm not ready to pick Penn State. I'm not ready to pick Michigan yet. No. Could it happen? Absolutely. Will it happen yep. between one of those two? Right now, it seems like that that is a coin flip. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm not picking it. So, a month is a long time in football to get things right. And I yeah, there's think more that together. Ryan Day yeah. deserves at least the benefit of the doubt of saying, hey, we're going to get this thing to functional." And like if they lose to Penn State and they look like a version of this, then you have to start thinking, like, what's going on with the coaching staff? And like those are the things that will be written and talked about moving forward. Um, it stinks that they lost to Oregon. I know that it does for, for fans who want to enjoy and consume the season a certain way, who like the college football playoff discussion, who like watching the playoff show. I know that sucks. They're still very much alive in that. But the question right now is whether or not Ohio State's going to win the battle within itself and fix its issues, rather than whether or not they're going to make the playoff by running the table.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I think I think that's exactly right. They, they've, it's almost not even worth talking about at this point. Like what's going to happen at the end of the year? Because there's just so much to fix in the immediate. And to their benefit, I suppose they have time to figure that out before they get that bye week and then play Indiana and Penn State. So. That's what we'll be talking about for the next few weeks. Like, I know that the opponents are not particularly exciting, but Ohio State has so many issues to fix that we're not going to have any shortage of things to talk about moving forward, even if the games may not excite you all that much. So um, Ohio State plays Akron on Saturday. They they beat Tulsa 41-20. to 20. We'll be back on Wednesday with a new show, uh, talking with our buddy Doug Maurice about his book and uh, the mess that is Ohio State football. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys then.